Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Welcome back, job makers. That's what I'm going to call our followers, job makers. Yeah, sounds good. I think that's I think that's appropriate. What do you think? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna kick this show off with some more Oklahoma fun facts. Um, did you know? I can't remember if I mentioned this in one of the other episodes, but I it's it's still an interesting fact nonetheless. Did you know the shopping cart was invented in Oklahoma? Like the one online or the actual shopping cart? No, uh, the actual physical shopping cart. Online shopping carts weren't invented whenever this shopping cart was invented <laughs> in Ardmore in 1936. Holy cow. Yeah, shopping carts have been around for a while. So, actually, they have a shopping cart plant or uh, manufacturing place mm-hmm. uh, up in, I think it's up in Wagner, because uh, Robert, uh, my tech... He yeah. actually worked in a shopping, and that's where he met his wife. Is in a shopping cart factory. Ah, he was wife shopping, I guess. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> that wasn't that funny. You must be real tired. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. Because <laughs> I got your giggle bone real, real good. Uh, another fun fact: Watonga, Oklahoma. Never heard of this place. Um, and I probably don't want to visit, but because Watonga, Oklahoma, has more rattlesnakes than people. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sound like fun to me. In fact, it's actually my only real concern while hunting and spending time in the woods. My only real concern was if I'm sitting in my blind and a rattlesnake decides that it wants to come and uh, hang snake out with me. period. Yeah. Comes in. Well, a rattlesnake and moccasins are kind of my, my concern. Any other snake, I don't really care. But you know what's really snake. weird? Period. I don't know why. You, so I have, I don't have an aversion to snakes. I have an aversion to poisonous ones, the ones that uh, will cause me extreme harm. Uh, I have an aversion to snakes. What's Period. really weird is uh, that island that we spent a lot of time hunting mm-hmm. on. I didn't see a single snake once. I never have. Never, never even did. Have we seen snake skins? Um. True. So. It's weird because it's on a lake, and typically you have like a, you know, aquatic environment. You you're typically gonna and like an overgrow overgrowth and like large you know a, a lot of uh, undergrowth and stuff like that. You're typically gonna see a snake or two. I didn't even see garter snakes out there or anything. I haven't seen it. I wonder if there's something that eats snakes that just decimated their snake. Do you think armadillos eat snakes? I don't know. That's don't, something we definitely need to search. I need to find this out because if they do, they're they're going to make my top ten list of interesting animals. They're already they're already well up there because they're so. the fact that they're submarines. Yeah, who who knew? Uh, not this guy until recently. Uh, what? <laughs> what do armadillos eat? I'm not exactly sure why we're searching this while we're on the episode. Um, well, because... there's a lot of dead air whenever you're doing that. Yeah, well, here's the thing is, um, we need to find out. we got to get to the bottom of this. Um, armadillos, what do they eat? Tell me what they eat. I don't know. Foraging and hunting, <clears throat> because armadillos like, have little to no hair. It seemed like to me that they would be vegetarians, but... Um, and no, or, I, and or bug eaters. I could have sworn that, yeah, they ate, um, <sighs> they primarily eat insects. Yeah. I kind of figured they dig around in the dirt a whole lot, uh, such as beetles, grubs, and moth larvae. Some of them consume salamanders, toads, frogs, lizards, including skinks and small snakes. Armadillos eat snakes. Oh my goodness. That's exciting to me. That is really exciting. Whenever I started reading toads, frogs, lizards, I'm like, oh, we're getting into this reptilian area. (laughs) Do they eat snakes? They sure do. 
and there is a plethora of armadillos on that island. So maybe, maybe when little baby snakes, just baby snakes, yeah, little baby snakes show up on the island, and those armadillos just snuff them out before they even have a chance to have a population. So, so <clears throat> maybe those uh, armadillos are a good thing to have on that island. Maybe there are. You know, we, we're cursing these armadillos all the time because they're so noisy and annoying, and they, you know. Every single time I hear them, even though I know, I hear all that rustling in the leaves. I'm like, there's no way that that is like a deer. But, you know, you hear that the rustling in the woods and you get excited. You're like, okay, what is this? And then it turns out, turns out to be a little submarine tank snake-eating machine. But now I'm kind of uh, thankful for them because it's uh, because of them that we don't, or probably primarily because of them, that we didn't have to deal with uh, maybe eating snakes or eating maybe snakes. we need to uh, getting eaten by snakes. Grab a bunch of them and go drop them off in Watonga. Mm. You know that's a good. And I bet I'd be willing to bet with their shells and stuff that they're Those likely not going to get do squat. Yeah, yeah, because there is talk uh, because there's that one instance where. A guy shoots an armadillo with a nine mil, and it ricochets off the the it armadillo his shell. Mother, or no, it didn't, didn't kill, kill his her. Mother. Just shot her. Yeah, shot her in the neck. Or something <clears> like yeah, it that. winged her. Um, she didn't have any life threatening injuries, but yeah, shoots a nine mil in an armadillo, and apparently, you know, it was. Did he go to jail for that? I don't know. I don't think the armadillo press charges. No, I was talking about his <laughs> the the lady. Oh, yeah. I think it was his mother-in-law, which is what made it real suspicious. Like, yeah, sure, you were shooting at the armadillo. (laughs) (laughs) So that is interesting. All right, armadillos, uh, definitely in the top ten. I think they're moved up in the top five. So here's here's my most interesting North American animal that, um, that I find the most fascinating in North America is the possum. That is my most... That is, that is the animal that I find the most fascinating because it is so freaking weird. And then armadillos, I think, probably are kind of going to have to be in the number two slot now because they're also really freaking weird. So why is possum above armadillo? Oh, I'll tell you why. So possums are very peculiar animals. <clears throat> they, So possums are, they, they're immune to snake venom, fun fact. Um, and they also cannot catch most, like they cannot be affected by most diseases because their body temperature is so low. It's unusually lower than most other warm blooded animals that diseases like rabies and, um, you know, and the such can't survive in their body environment. <clears throat> yeah. They're also North America's only marsupial. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you go to, like, Australia, they're chock full of marsupials. You know, marsupial here, marsupial there, everywhere marsupial. Um, that's how their old McDonald has a farm song goes over in Australia. <clears throat> that's how it goes. Old McDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. So, um, so yes, the, uh, the possum to me is the weirdest animal in north america so that's why i find it the most fascinating it being the only marsupial in north america and it's like one of the oldest you know crocodiles are up there on the list too they're really peculiar yeah i know we don't have a camera up i i realized that a little bit too late since i don't have the camera up i probably ought to turn the camera on silent <clears throat> that's unfortunate mm-hmm. oh well but that's all right uh you guys just or uh, you job makers are just not going to get a video clip about us talking about armadillos and possums. So. And you don't get a video clip of me about falling asleep here. Yeah, that's what I should do. I should just start recording over here, <laughs> handheld, just point the camera at you, and uh, we'll get a video clip of you nodding off while we talk about <clears throat> marsupials and submarine animals. All right, so... uh what do we got today when it co- on the docket for um, making jobs? I was going to talk about a couple things. Because um, i got a feeling armadillos aren't making very many jobs these days. Yeah, you know, no, not necessarily. In fact, if anything, they're taking away jobs. They're taking away jobs from the snake exterminators. Freaking armadillos coming into our country, stealing our jobs. It's a problem. I think they were here before us. <laughs> oh, is that so? Just I, like the Indians. 
I don't know. Uh, That's Native Americans uh, or indigenous peoples. Okay. Calling them Indians. Oh my, I definitely don't think we're allowed to say that. (laughs) I'm about 99% sure that's not allowed to be said, especially not from a white person. Oh man, I take offense to that being one sixty-fourth Cherokee. <clears throat> I am definitely okay. I'm definitely far more native than uh, okay, Elizabeth Warren. Warren. Yeah. Oh no, I get like I actually actually can get Cherokee benefits. That's how much Native American I have in me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're Costa Rican. I am, but I'm also uh, but on the on my white side of the family. Um, I have, uh, I'm Cherokee, my, my grandmother has a Cherokee card. Yeah. Miss, uh, Ballinger? Yeah. Yeah. So if, uh, if I want it. So let if, me ask you this. Yeah. Does the rest of your Ballinger, uh, family, do they partake in the Cherokee? Um, no, because stuff? it was, it was only recently that my grandmother got her Cherokee card. So they haven't all got, they haven't all gotten their, uh, Cherokee benefits cards and stuff yet. Um, in fact, I, if, in order for me to get it, I have to, so you have to prove lineage. And so I would have to, you know, show, you know, my grandmother qualifies and then I have to have my mom's. So what percentage is she? I don't 30 know. 32nd? I don't know. I, it's it's small. It, it's it's enough. It's enough to qualify for Cherokee benefits. So, but you don't have I mean, to. If she, if yeah. you're one sixty fourth, I guess I don't. I, that was just no, a guess actually, of mine. Okay, I so, may be more than that. If you're one sixty fourth, then your mom would be one thirty second. Yeah, and then your grandma would be one sixteenth or something 16th. like that. But that's also just a guess. I'm not sure if I'm one sixty fourth, but it only makes sense. My grandmother's from Florida, and uh, she came. You know, they came to Oklahoma, um, and it was not on the Trail of Tears um, as long after that. But it, there's a weird connection between Florida and Oklahoma. Because so wait a second. Your grandma, there, no one ever moved from here to Florida or from wherever Cherokee? This is bad. I don't know where Cherokees actually originate from. Uh, so a, a lot of them were in Florida, and they, they came here to Oklahoma on the Trail of Tears. So I think, I don't know exactly where they originate from, but I know prior to the Trail of Tears, they, they weren't really in Oklahoma. They were primarily down there, and they, got, they came here from Florida on the Trail of Tears. Um, so that's, so my, my grandmother uh, was born in Florida, and um, she moved here to Oklahoma when she was young. And uh, so Oklahoma has, uh, and and it's a it's a it's a weird and in some cases if you look too much into the history it's a dark connection to Florida because of the Trail of Tears where the you know the Americans uh, said all right we're gonna kick all of y'all y'all out of Florida and we'll give you this place called Oklahoma it's a, it'll be a you know your reservation basically. <clears throat> And then not much longer after that, we gave the land away to free, for free to settlers in the, in the Oklahoma land run. Uh, so, yes. Where did the Sooners come from? Yes, they were criminals. Punishable by death. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, the, Sooner, the term Sooner is the people that, you know, got a head start and went out and uh, staked in their claim before, every, you know, everyone else was uh, allowed to go. So, the Sooners are a bunch of criminals. Like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> sure. Anywho, uh, so no, I was going to talk about. Uh, we're, I was going to continue our conversation a little bit about the um, about minimum wage, mm-hmm. um, and its effect on. We we covered it pretty well about how it affects small businesses, um, but really another thing that I wanted, another avenue that I wanted to explore is also how it can and will affect affect lower income people. Sure. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of people will say, well, you know, minimum wage increases uh, cause inflation and that's not directly true. They don't really cause inflation because inflation kind of occurs without uh, minimum wage increases. But they do um, but it, it it doesn't help. Like, 
for instance, here in Oklahoma, minimum wage is what do we what, what did we find out? Was it seven twenty five an hour? Yeah, seven twenty five. Okay. So let's say you're making fifteen bucks an hour here in Oklahoma. That is a respectable wage. Um, I mean, yeah. it's not. It's a good one. You know, you're not you're not rolling in the dough, but you're doing pretty all right. And this is why kind of our cost of living is relatively low as well. So mm-hmm. you know, fifteen bucks an hour doesn't seem like a lot. Like for instance, on the East Coast, the county I lived in, Virginia the average household income was like 90 grand a year, right? So um, so when you're making, if you were making 15 bucks an hour uh, in Safford County, Virginia, you were not doing so well. Um, I mean, you'd be doing aight if both, if both you and your wife or, your, you know, both you and your spouse worked uh, or your significant other in the household making 15 bucks an hour, you'd bring home about 60 grand a year, which isn't too bad uh, in that county. You know, you'd, it'd be livable-ish. But here in Oklahoma, if you make 15 bucks an hour, you could potentially survive on a single-income household. You know, 30 grand a year is plenty livable enough here in Oklahoma. I mean, very comfortably so, even. Mm-hmm. Um so, so if you're making 15 bucks an hour here in Oklahoma, all right, you're making twice that of the minimum wage. If minimum wage jumps up to, you know, 15 bucks an hour, for instance, here in Oklahoma, you're now making minimum wage. You went from making double the minimum wage to now you're making minimum wage. And here's the thing about that is that a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of things whenever it comes to uh, retail services, the cost of living they will, the bar does get set kind of at that minimum wage level whenever you talk about items and services that are particularly catered to um, the lower income, you know, bracket, right? Right. So what's going to happen is plumbers have to charge more um, uh, because now, you know, now in order to, because right now like an apprenticing plumber, uh, just starting out, might start out about fifteen bucks an hour to twenty dollars ish, depending upon the plumbing gig you get. Just as just a little thing, such as um, like yourself, uh, yeah, a plumber that works by himself for himself, uh huh, doesn't have any employees, doesn't have any apprentices, but now even his cost of living has changed because yeah. he and so he's got to raise his rates to. Yeah match where he was in yes uh the cost of living before well think about this Granted, uh, he's not going to be making or yeah and, yeah he won't be taking and, home more but he's going to be spending more in yeah. the sense of and think about this to keep his lifestyle to to, to employ somebody you can't pay them 20 bucks an hour which right now is a really good wage as an apprentice plumber i mean sure. i mean that's just a really good wage all around 20 bucks an hour is pretty good living, but you can't pay someone 20 bucks an hour to play in someone else's poop because they can make 15 bucks an hour working as a Walmart greeter, you know? Exactly. So the incentive to get someone already as it is in the skilled trades, it's really hard to attract people into the skilled trades uh, industries. We have a dwindling skilled trades workforce, like very bad in this country. It is a problem. Um, It's actually kind of a scary problem. Uh, but your yeah, I agree. <clears throat> it's a it, it it's a relatively scary problem. And like, if you look at look in the skilled trades workforce, I've talked about this before in the past. Um, in fact, uh, you can um, you go back listen to an episode. I believe it's titled um, something along the lines of Kenneth is short, and so is the uh, skilled trades workforce. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> so. <laughs> So if if you look at if you listen to that I talk I talk pretty in depth about it but the average age in the skilled trades workforce um is like 45 is kind of like on the younger end of your skilled trades <clears throat> which means that you know here and this was an older um statistic as well so it means here relatively soon a lot of people like 60% of the people are retiring 
Uh, skilled trades also tend to retire earlier for multitude of reasons. One, you tend to make a whole lot more money during your career uh, right off the bat than if you went into another career field and you also don't have a lot of student loan debt, so you don't need to wait until you're 70 to retire. Two, yep. a lot of skilled trades jobs are a little bit harder um, whenever physically, so you can't really work a lot of skilled trades into your 70s a lot of the times. Um, so, so you have that problem already with the skilled trades. Then you introduce this problem to now. So now I can't get someone to work on cars, which is not necessarily a very backbreaking job. To be honest with you, working on cars to me physically is one of the easier, is, is probably actually the easiest, um, uh, manual labor type, you know, jobs that I've had, um, whenever it comes to, you know, the manual labor side of things. In fact, the majority of my work, the majority of my harder work is done with my mind. You know, diagnosing the problem is, is, is really more complex than actually fixing the problem. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and it's not like, you know, it's not as easy as sitting at a desk, I'll say that for sure. But it's, you know, it's not as rough as, um, well, I mean, plumbing. I, I use that as an example. And that's probably because it's one of the skilled trades that I, I, I dislike doing the most. I don't want to do it. I don't like doing it. Um, I know how to do a lot of plumbing stuff, but there is a, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not a fan of doing um, whenever it comes to in the plumbing world, primarily anything on the uh, wastewater side of things. Not a fan of it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but... Messing around. I mean, you, did, you and I did it on my house. Yeah. Uh, messing around in other people's poop. That doesn't really seem like no. a thing that I really want to be missing. I mean, the pay is good, but it's just not, to me, worth it. Well, you're going to be catching crap all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't as much <laughs> what you said was funny. <laughs> it's how quick you were able to... <laughs> it's, it's how instantaneous it came back out. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a good one. <clears throat> It wasn't. It wasn't that it was hilarious as much as it, it got me off guard. <laughs> um, you know, so so now you have to you have to incentivize people to enter into this workforce. So what what is the starting wage for an apprentice? Whenever minimum wage is fifteen bucks an hour. Well, right now starting wage is almost three times that of you know we're talking in general if you're starting out as a plumber. Uh, you've already got your trade school under your belt. You're probably going to make around 15, 20 bucks an hour, depending upon who you're working for. Um, especially a lot of the smaller, you know, um, uh, the smaller companies, the non-chain companies, you'll probably make 20 bucks an hour. That's nearly three times the minimum wage. So, and at that point, even if you, the, the skilled laborers, even if you're not one of the, the top end, uh, one of the, the guys that really knows his stuff, you're just one yeah. of the, the apprentices that, is doing all right. You're going to be doing well when it comes to yeah. uh, uh, financially. Yeah, yeah. So thirty bucks an hour would have to kind of be the way to get people to work on. You know, get, I mean, uh, it, it'd be it would be a tough sell if you were to tell me, like even 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 right now, it would be a tough sell to get me to want to go dig up main sewage lines and replace them at 20 bucks an hour right now and I, I if minimum think, wage were 15 bucks an day, hour there's absolutely no way i would do it i think there was a day that i had you you and i were talking I'm trying to think back to the conversation i think you said that you don't get up in the morning or you don't leave your house in the morning unless you are uh, there's an incentive to go you know, work on cars or whatever. Yeah. That that incentive, I think you said, I've got to be making 40 bucks an hour just to leave the house or it's not worth it to me. Yeah. And the thing is, yes, you, you've got that, that hourly mindset that I've got to be <clears throat> making that. But if you were demanding that as a, it, like say you're, your employees, yeah, they they get up in the morning like oh, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna leave the house unless I'm making forty bucks an hour. Well, okay, but you didn't have any of the risk. Yeah, you, di you didn't get yourself involved in any of the risk 
that say Matt's mobile mechanics did. So for you, Matt, to say that you won't get up in the morning and go mess around with cars or diagnose cars unless you're making 40 bucks an hour, that's a realistic idea. Yeah. But for Joe Blow or Joe Schmo, I like those two, uh, to get up in the morning and, and say, well, I'm not going to make 40 bucks an hour. If I'm not going to make 40 bucks an hour, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, that's... And or, you actually had a couple of guys that were the, of that mindset. Yeah. And yet at the same time, you had to let them go because they would not wrap their minds around the fact that you ain't got no risk. Yeah. All you've got is your... Yes, well, you're a 1099 and, employee, and but... Then, and, and then that's on all top the risk. Of that, so, so then to demand in an unskilled labor and entry level position jobs the minimum wage to be fifteen dollars an hour is quite oh that's and and what I think it'll disproportionately affect it will disproportionately affect again I've already talked about this lower income people who are at the minimum wage point because there will be less jobs that are entry level I'm just there's a it's a guarantee small businesses cannot afford to pay people that way and on top of that even large corporations I was Walmart say, Walmart can't Walmart's afford to not do paying that. Walmart is not going to pay greeters 15 bucks an hour Walmart's not going to pay cashiers 15 bucks an hour we don't Walmart's going to do Walmart's not going to pay wall uh, uh, stalkers yeah 15 bucks paying, an hour they're not paying people in the you know they're going to do they're going to find themselves some automated forklifts <laughs> mm-hmm. they're going to switch all their cash registers over to self checkout and they're definitely not going to have greeters. Uh, they'll maybe have like a they'll have like a hologram uh, or like a, a robot with a screen or something on it. This is welcome yeah. to Walmart because uh, that'll be cheaper. Uh, this is the Cortana. Deal. She she'll take over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the deal with the so it'll eliminate entry level positions, the vast majority of them, and then it will disproportionately affect skilled trades, and that will be problematic to everybody, no matter what income bracket you're at. Because guess what? If you can't find someone to come out and unclog your, it, because I'll tell you what a bad day is. A bad day is when you have the entirety of your sewage line backing up in your house. I had that happen. Yes. I've had that happen too. And I had to pay um, an arm and a leg because it was it was late at night. Um, no, you got both of them. I had more. <clears throat> I had more. Um, you haven't you haven't met my my uh, oldest son, old peg peg leg Billy. <clears throat> um, <laughs> didn't say it was my arm and leg. Um, no, the because uh, <laughs> yeah, you haven't met him because we had to <laughs> had to leave him in Virginia. Because <clears throat> I had to call a plumber out a second time. Uh, now, now we just call him Bob. Because uh, when you throw him in the water, it's just just a bobber. Um, so <laughs> that's terrible. I don't know where these dad jokes are coming from today. So no, the uh, so it was it was it was late at night. It was after hours, and uh, so and I didn't have so all the I didn't have a, a a drain snake a snake drain drain snake. Those are two different things. I'll tell you this. <laughs> A drain snake is kind of scary thinking. <laughs> it's kind of a scary thought, you know. A drain snake is what sneaks up out of the toilet and might uh, might bite you, bite you in the butt, bite you in the uh, in the sensitive areas, um, <laughs> bite your dangly bits, um, bite your dingleberry. I didn't have a, a I didn't have a no snake. I didn't have a snake. Anyhow, it's called a snake. I didn't have a snake that was long enough to get the uh, clog out of the main line on my house. Right. And it was backing up. And so my main line came out of my uh, basement. So that's even worse because if the uh, sewage is backing up upstairs, that means that that is, you know, 10 feet above the water line below. Um, That means there is a lot of nastiness pouring out in my basement. Um, So I had to call. So it it was too late to go to Lowe's and buy myself a uh, bigger, snake. more powerful snake. So it was like, because I think it was like 10 o'clock at night or something. So I had to call a uh, a, a, a one of the bigger uh, plumbing chains. And I had to pay like 400 something bucks to have, yeah, to have this uh, pipe unclogged. Now imagine what it would be if there are fewer plumbers because they can't, it's difficult to incentivize people to get into that career because they can just as easily go make 15 bucks an hour somewhere else. Um, the 
so they'd be like, well, I could, uh, I could go make 20 bucks an hour, uh, apprenticing as a plumber and deal with all of the hard work that is involved in this trade. Or I can go, you know, be, go work in retail for 15 bucks an hour. Uh, well, the, 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 the decision is kind of made there. So imagine if there are fewer yep. plumbers than there already are, because it's already on the decline. <clears throat> um, plumbers are already declining in numbers and all skilled trades in general. So imagine if it's harder. So that, that means, guess what? When there are fewer skilled tradesmen, their, their value per hour goes up. So it costs more. So it's going to cost more to everybody. So you, you may think, well, on the lower income side of things, it's not going to affect me because I'm in the upper middle class or I'm in the upper class and I've got all this money. It will cost you more because, uh, especially when you, you still need skilled trades. Sure. And no matter what income level you're at, you need skilled trades. You need someone who can, uh, you need electricians, you need plumbers, you need HVAC mechanical, you need automotive technicians. And, you know, and, and all these various skilled trades. Because I'll tell you this, even some of the most accomplished people cannot be experts on every single trade and can't do literally everything. Well, there might be a few out there that can do just about everything themselves. There's, there may be, I'll tell you that. But the average Joe really doesn't master every single trade in, in their lifetime. <clears throat> and so you have to have a skilled tradesman somewhere. And the the price of that is going to cost more and the availability will diminish as well. So you may have like long wait lists just to get your car into a shop. You may have, you know, you may. And so, and I'll tell you the, the time you don't want to be waiting is whenever your, your, your sewage is backing up in your house. Like that, that's something like you're that's like, bad day. you know, cause it's like, I had the decision I could, cause I knew I, I could talk to them over the phone and the only people that were able to come out, it was going to cost me at least $400. And, uh, so I had a decision to make. I said, I, I could have just, you know, not had no sewage, you know, no, I basically couldn't use any water all night long, or I could pay 400 bucks. <clears throat> and that type of problem that I had is not the type of problem that I was worth, that was worth waiting for. Sure. Um, so I was like, oh, I, come on out. I don't have a choice here. Yeah. So years ago, and I say years ago, probably Four or five years ago, we were trying to hire somebody for a tech position. Uh-huh. And we uh, we we put out the ad, and we're doing these interviews. <clears throat> and we used to do interviews where they were one-on-one. And we had this one guy who literally walked to the interview from the apartment complex across the street from our office. So we... we uh, have the interview and uh in the interview keith again we this is all doing interviews was kind of not new to us but it was uh we weren't skilled in the the interview process Mm -hmm. and this guy sits down and uh we we got to talking with him well we pay 10 bucks an hour starting out until you get licensed and uh this and that and uh didn't really think about the fact that you don't tell people the amount that they're going to be making in the interview. Uh, you kind of uh, have them uh, shadow you and s- see if they're worth it, worth uh, even messing with them, worth telling them their rate, uh, worth any of that. You just And once they shadow you and you can see kind of their work ethic, then you tell them the rate. So, this guy, we told him 10 bucks an hour. Well, uh, immediately, he goes, oh, I, I can't do that. And uh, so, Keith goes, okay, what, what rate are you uh, thinking? Oh, I got to be at least between 13 and 15 an hour. And Keith, you don't know anything. Yeah. You you don't know anything about that. You've never done anything in this industry. Matter of fact, looking here at your your uh resume, you've never done anything that's skilled. So how can you how can you ask for thirteen to fifteen bucks an hour? People just want just because hand it to them. Just because you uh think that you're worth it doesn't say you're worth it. Yeah. I mean you, you can't that's... you can't get in your mind that oh, I, I like that Ferrari. 
<laughs> so I need to have a Ferrari. Well, I identify as a rich person, so. Well, so do I, but uh, <laughs> since I my, identify... bank account, my bank account doesn't agree. Well, that's that's what I'm, t- I'm trying to tell my, my bank, that they're being discriminatory, <laughs> and they really need to correct that issue, because uh, I identify as a millionaire, and for whatever reason, there's not enough zeros in that bank account. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I'm telling you, it's discrimination. That's actually the reason why I do tell people their pay in the interview, because if they have I don't want to. I don't want to waste my time on someone who has this expectation that thinks that they're just going to start out making, you know, forty bucks an hour or something like that. Um, and depending upon the position, I actually rarely interview. Like I ha- rarely have a formal interview for mechanic assistant positions because it's uh, it's pretty cut cut and dry. It's easy to explain. It's like, look, you're going to be with another mechanic, and your job is to hand them tools. And if you you know if you want to learn, you can learn. Um, but his, you yeah. know, you know, his, his job is not to, you know, babysit you. You really ought to, you know, kind of start anticipating your mechanics' needs, and be able to know how they operate and kind of be be a you know good assistant. And as you as you climb up, you know, you're gonna get get paid more. Uh, but the mechanic side of things, I like to tell them where they're starting out at, because I don't want them, you know, because I, I I I don't start. I'm not going to start every mechanic at, you know, top dollar, you know, 30 bucks an hour because in fact, I don't start any of them at that because I want to know what they're worth, but I also want to know if they're going to even be bothered to spend the time to work at, you know, a lower pay. And when I say lower pay, um, it's like, it's 20 bucks an hour is where, (laughs) which is relatively high pay in comparison to, but I can't, that becomes problematic for me even like basically if minimum wage in would were to you know increase to let's say 15 bucks an hour uh, that that eliminates mechanic assistant positions in my in my uh, in my World. business altogether like that's gone like I'm not I'm not hiring mechanic assistants cuz they are not right. worth 15 bucks an hour and then um, when it comes to mechanics it'd be awfully hard to incentivize them to start with me at 20 bucks an hour, though their pay raises come pretty quickly once they prove themselves. Cause it doesn't take long to prove themselves, you know, if they're good at their job. Um, it's still like, they'd be like, well, I could make 20 bucks an hour turning wrenches and getting, you know, getting all greasy and dirty and working out in the elements, or I can make 15 bucks an hour, um, working at, you know, pay less shoes or whatever, you know, which yeah. I think, so I think it will disproportionately affect skilled trades a lot because the the main incentive and reason for skilled trades well, is like the only happen? the main reason why people are interested in skilled trades. The only real reason that or the only real way that we can attract people into skilled trades is we have to incentivize them with a with a much much higher pay than all of your other positions because it's already tough to get people in. So what's going to happen is, in order to you know say hey you know, come work for me as a mechanic assistant, I'll pay you, you know, I'll pay you 20 bucks and I'd have to pay 20 bucks an hour, which if I have to pay a mechanic assistant 20 bucks an hour, guess what? You're not, you're, you're, you're going to be paying twice as much whenever I come out to work on your car. And it's not going to be just me. It's going to be every single mechanic shop because right now mechanics, mechanic shops, like your, let's say your quick lubes, like, you know, Beinecke, Jiffy Lube, whatever like that. They start they their definitely lube. definitely not skilled. No, they start their lube techs out at like 10 bucks an hour. So, um, and actually I think in some cases they start them out lower, like eight-ish or something like that. So if if they're going to bump up to 15 bucks an hour just for the guy that is just starting out and knows how to change oil and that's it, and even not doesn't can't do that very well because there's well, many stories where they forget to fill the oil back up. At but, that point, he's going to be making as much as the uh, manager. Well, and that's my point. Fifteen. If you start down at fifteen bucks an hour, guess what? You're not going to be able to get your oil changed for twenty five bucks anymore. <laughs> no. So you can't. You won't even 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 your chain shops. What's going to happen is the you know the chain shops uh, mechanic rates. You're going to be paying like a hundred and fifty dollars an hour for someone to work on your uh, on your vehicle, maybe even more. And so. So if you think that, oh, well, that's not going to really affect me because I'm not at the minimum wage side of things, I'm not, it will affect you because you'll be paying more for everything. Um, Because right now, 
uh, our country still runs on the labor workforce. We don't have robots that can do everything. So because of that, everything will be affected, Every in, in particularly when it comes to the skilled trade side of things, because if we want to hire somebody to work in skilled trades, particularly because a lot of skilled trades require more physical labor and effort in them, you, the best way to, in a dwindling, already dwindling skilled trades workforce, we're incentivizing them with much higher pay than your average starting positions would be. You and so, we, you know what we should do? What's that? For this podcast, we should actually get some uh, other business owners, such as like uh, A-Team Plumbing yeah. and other other workforce or guys that are in skilled uh, yeah we'll pull some we'll do that we'll 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 have a conversation about about i'm having antonio go out to my house here pretty soon uh to take a look at my plumbing yeah because for whatever reason i don't have any pressure at uh, some of my sinks yeah your house is a weird a weird plumbing it like it there's at, like at least the main drain works now. Yeah, we've got that. We've got that sorted we got out. Got that wrapped up. Man, that thing has been working strong for mu- for <sighs> years now. So, what has it been like 3 years? It's been over 3 years. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I mean, we 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 got that one sorted out. But uh uh but the rest of your you, you got these weird <laughs> <laughs> these weird scenarios where like you don't have any hot water pressure, right, at your at your kitchen sink. No, I've got to, uh, I got to press the, this is dumb. I, I got to <laughs> press the, uh, the kitchen sink, uh, or not the kitchen, the, uh, the refrigerator or just like get, grab a cup out of the kitchen cabinet or uh-huh. put it at the, uh, the refrigerator, uh, water deal and have water turn on the hot water real quick at the kitchen sink. And I got hot water. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't understand yeah. that. <laughs> Because it's not even hot water at, to, in your refrigerator. Well, no, the refrigerator—it's a water line. I don't know, but for whatever reason, the water line pulls and from the for the refrigerator, and then. Uh, but that's it's, my, my it's point. It's drawing is, enough water to kick on the a hot water heater, and then boom! Hey, we got hot water. <laughs> huh? As soon as we hear the hot water kick on, uh, hot water heater kick on, which by the way. I have a tankless. You knew that, but yeah. our listeners don't. So they're sitting say. there going, how the crap does he, how's it kicking on? I, I don't understand this. So, yeah, I have a, have a tankless hot water heater. I was wondering why you were telling me. I was like, I, I was there. I installed yeah. it. <laughs> you and I installed it together, but yeah, Wesley and Keith and any of our other yeah. listeners, that right. we might have picked up along the way. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. But. Yeah, our, our job makers. Yeah. Uh, so it's time for a break. We've as uh, we're actually expired time for we are out break of we've off. be we're beyond time for our break for sponsors. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Yeah, sponsor time. Uh, Kit Kat's not our sponsor. Hey, we're back. Uh, so this idea or this uh, theory is probably going to blow blow a few of your guys' minds. So minimum wage increase. Um, do you know one of the, this is what I, this is my theory, this is my prediction. If, if, you know, we live in this world where we have minimum wage jump up to $15 an hour across the board nationwide, do you know what else will be far more expensive and it's going to negatively affect everybody of all income brackets? Weed. Well, yeah, that, but if you don't, if you don't smoke weed, then it's not going to (laughs) affect That was a real quick to that one. Yep, that's it. (laughs) No, cars. Cars are going to be more expensive. Cars are going to be far more expensive. Do you know why cars are going to be more expensive? Because everybody has to buy cars, right? Uh, Well, they don't have to. The stupid thing is cars are stupid expensive as it is. They are. But think about this. You can only make cars so expensive if you intend to sell them, especially whenever it comes to the used market, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't sell a used car... Uh, with 150,000 miles on it for $20,000, unless it's, you know, an exotic or something special, right? But 150,000 miles on a, let's say, GMC Acadia. It ain't Mm going to be a $20,000 car in this world, but it may very well be 
in a world where because here's the deal about used cars and prices of cars right now one of the reasons why they've increased is because it has become far more popular to finance vehicles and it has become easier to qualify people on car loans now because what people are looking at whenever it comes to purchasing cars now when they're pricing these cars is not how much can we charge to for this car it's how much can the person afford in payments and if the and if everybody is making at least 30 grand a year then yep. the car payment doesn't have to be on average 200 300 bucks a month it can now be bumped up a little bit higher right Mm-hmm. And then so, it, and, and that will go across the scale. So like the low end cars are going to be expensive. So imagine if you're like someone like yourself, who's like, you know what, I want to get, I'm not buying a brand new car, but I want to get something. It's only a year old or so, has less than 50,000 miles, is a little bit nicer. Your car would be far more expensive because the same car, much older, is starting out at like 20 grand. So, well guess who gets to pay $40,000 for his used car? You do. Yep. So not to mention that dealerships still do have to um, employ labor of some kind, but that's kind of probably going to go away. They're decreasing the amount of jobs that they really need in the first place because the internet and uh, internet car sales has really kind of boomed. So you can decrease the amount of labor positions that you'd have to hire. Like you don't, you you don't, there's, there's already a lot of entry level positions going away as these places like Carvana and uh, um, CarMax and those online car sales are kind of increasing because they don't need lot porters. You know, they don't need guys who are just, you know, given detailing the cars and whatnot. Um, They just need, they're just sending the car out delivery or whatever, right? So they don't have to have people on staff right. to move cars around in this car dealership because car dealerships are kind of going away. They're still around for now, but anyhow. So they, they will be affected presently. Uh, or it, it, Presently, there are still some. There are lot porter positions, um, car salesmen that are kind of dwindling in staffing numbers because it used to be... So I went to a relatively big dealership to buy uh, my Jeep, right? So South Point Chevy is not a small dealership. And their entire used car department, I think they had like five or six salesmen. Hmm. Used to be a small dealership would have five or six salesmen. And a dealership of that size in their used car department would have like 15 or 20. But... The car salesman is not as necessary as it used to be because a lot of people are just, you know, they'll straight up purchase their car online and then just drive to the dealership to pick it up. So, yeah. Um, but, but so car prices will go up because what will always go up is the cost of the cost of anything that everybody buys. Because right now, you know, whenever you talk about like entry level items, you know, things that are like, what's the minimum you know, of something, right? So if it's something everybody buys, okay, everybody buys cars, okay? So the the entry-level item, um, <clears throat> the entry-level item will, uh, will increase in price, and so too then will everything up above that because you can't sell a used Acadia for $20,000 and then expect a brand new one to also only be where its current prices are hovering around $30,000 for a brand new one, right? You can't do that, or you don't have to do that. So it, when determining these prices for items, whether it be retail um, or anything along those lines, they're going to be looking at what the people are what people are making especially when it comes to finance items because a lot of oh, these yeah. things that are finance people are looking at what their monthly income is so they can determine the the uh, price of the payment so and with 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 car loans stretching out to 6 7 8 year terms which seems to me extremely absurd i i, I would never commit to a um, a, a car loan for eight years. I'm not even 100% positive I've even owned a car for eight years. Um, and, and I've, and I've, well, no, I may have. Actually, I have. I take it back. I have owned a car for eight years. I say, the Equinox we had, uh, the Chevy Equinox, we had it for six years. And then it crapped out at 90,000 miles. 
Uh, but the um, the Cadia, I'd hope that I get at least that many years out of it. Yeah. Uh, so, <coughs> so car prices are going to go up. Uh, that's going to be a problem for a lot of people. Guess guess what else is probably going to go up? Do you know what? Do you know what uh, cars uh, run on right now? Run on gasoline. So the thing is about gas, uh, gas prices, fuel prices, <clears throat> um, you can only make it so expensive because, you know, you have to still be able to sell to people, you know, on the lower, on, at minimum wage because they need, they need to buy gas to get to their work. Now, you could say, well, a lot of people in my area, you know, that are on the lower income, minimum wage, they take public transportation. And that may be the case for a lot of areas and a lot of metropolitan areas, but that's not the case for the nation in general. In fact, even Tulsa being a relatively large city, we don't have a very great public transportation system. It's all right. We have a city bus, but um, it's not it's not like New York City. Um, or LA where you could get away with not owning a car here in Tulsa. It is, it is quite the inconvenience to not own a car. (laughs) And that is the same case. That's the same case with a lot of relatively large sized cities around, uh, particularly in the Midwest. And and I think a lot of the thing is the reason for that is in the Midwest and in kind of our area, cities are spread out a little bit larger. We get a little bit more flat land out here. So it's not as compacted. So building a public transportation system to cover the large swath of area that the metro area covers is kind of difficult. So, for instance, if you live on the outskirts of Tulsa, you're not going to have bus stops. So you can't. So you could live in Tulsa and be and still be a couple miles from the nearest bus stop, and that's a long way to walk to get get around to work. Um, so, like, if you live on the west side of Tulsa, if you live west of the uh, the Arkansas River, I don't think there's any buses running on the west side of Tulsa. I don't, I, I don't think there's any. West of the Arkansas River, I don't think there's a single, I don't think we have buses running out there. Yeah, we do. We do? Yeah, we'd have to. Southwest Boulevard is on the west side. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, but there's not, but it's not nearly the concentration as, like, no. Midtown and East Tulsa. Right. And... In fact, you, even if you live on the south end of Tulsa, there's not a ton of bus stops either. But then again, uh, different income level, not as much need for bus stops down there, so they don't really run routes down that way. Um, but it's it, it, certain areas that you live, even here, in, in the bus, from what I understand, uh, I've never, because I've never taken the bus in Tulsa, because actually when we were kids, um, when we were growing up here, we didn't ha- our bus our bus system was uh, very... Uh, terrible like there was like four bus stops so it's like it's gotten it's gotten to be it's expanded more now so much so that uh, the library system has in the reading program that you get free bus tickets yeah and i know every time that i won those stupid free bus tickets for um the reading program i would think what in the world is this for yeah, because you didn't have we didn't have hardly any uh, bus like we had a small bus route. Uh, we yeah. had v- very very few stops, and it's still it's still in the uh, things that you can win. And I'm going, that's not something that I yeah. look forward to winning. Now, if you look at like Midtown East Tulsa, um, you'll find out that there is a there's quite a bit of. Uh, there's quite a bit of bus stops, and it isn't. And depending upon where you live, you it, you might have a, a reliable public transportation system that you can kind of count on, but not in. Um, uh, so 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 in some areas, maybe it won't disproportionately affect the price of cars because uh, cars are already kind of high because they're not being sold a lot of because people, especially on the, the lower end used car market, because people aren't buying on in that income bracket. They're not necessarily buying cars anyways, cause they're taking public transportation, but the vast majority of sizable cities in this country don't have a very great public transportation system because, uh, especially in the larger more spread out areas like in the Midwest, like Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Wyoming, Montana, Utah, like all those places in the Midwest and the West, they have, they, because most people just take cars everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
So it will affect the car market. Um, and that is going to affect everybody because, uh, or well, the vast majority of people in America, because the vast majority of us purchase cars and already as it is, the prices are kind of ridiculous. Um, they're, they're climbing up higher and higher in cost and, and you would accelerate this whenever you increase the minimum wage income level. So, so those are, those are kind of my predictions and concerns with minimum wage. And and I know that 15 bucks an hour federal minimum wage is kind of an extreme scenario, but it's not necessarily out of like, it's not something like, I didn't pull this number out of thin air. This is the number that a lot of, uh, particularly uh, Bernie Sanders, but he's not the only Democrat candidate that has talked about raising a minimum wage to that level. In fact, AOC, uh, who's not, she's not um, the she's president, president but she's, uh, but she is an advocate for a $15 minimum wage. I, what uh, I don't understand about her is how did she get such a prominent place as her first time? It just has to be that she just. Well, I don't she, think many people voted, and I think the people that did vote were clearly. Uh, dumb. I am sorry for everyone in that district. I'm sorry to have to say it, but I, it, what I think, in fact, a lot of people in her district have said that they don't want her in office anymore. And I think, so I don't think she represents the majority of her district. I think the majority of them don't like her. She represents herself and that's it. She's a crazy person. Let's just say that. It's, it's, it's so unfortunate too. It's because like, She's young, and she so she's young. She's a millennial, and she's a woman. So she could have like if if she if she were really great at her job and she was intelligent, then we would have a you know then then we could have like a young, intelligent millennial woman in office, and it'd be like it'd be like you know this is great. This is a great thing because she represents all kinds of and she's a minority too. So it's like. She represents minorities and women, and and she's intelligent and she's young. So we had a fresh perspective. But then it's just we just get what comes out of her mouth, which which is really she's just good at supplying the internet with memes, is what we've got. And we so, need somebody like uh, Candace Owens. Can, exactly who I was. That's thinking exactly of. who I was thinking of. She's extremely intelligent. Uh, she it, it is, is amazing. She's how, a millennial. How many times I've seen videos of her. Just destroying uh, guys. Oh, I was watching one the other day. A professor from I think it was Yale or someplace. Yeah, uh, it was black dude, uh, big poopy hair, uh, afro thing going on, and she just destroys him. Yeah. And he he's pushing the the narrative of uh, how the the black people are just so oppressed. And she goes, "No, we're not. Yeah, no, we're not. Well, and." And that's what one of the things I really like about her is her perspective and the fact that she can say these things without really being immediately accosted and say, well, you don't know any better because, oh, wait, you are, you're, you're, you know, you're a black woman even. So Mm -hmm. not only is she black, but she's a woman. So she really technically should have two things going against her, right? And she's extremely intelligent. She's a millennial. I think she's about our age or so. Um, and I, I, I'd really like to see her run for, uh, some, some, office. some position, some office. It'd be great if she were, you know, in Congress, she's too young to run for president, but, uh, you know, we, we kind of need something to balance out the crazy that is AOC. And so I think, yes. she, I think she'd be reasonable and intelligent enough to, to, to actually do that and have something like that, um, kind of work I, I out for us. I honestly don't understand why... So many of these people that uh, have such great points, uh, talking points, why they don't run. Uh, they they would do so well uh, <clears throat> because they already have uh, put their name out there as such good, I guess you could say argument. Uh, yeah. They have good arguments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they do so well that way, so it makes you wonder why they don't run. Well, I think they're they're probably gonna work towards that. I bet, and it's, I mean to 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 run a successful campaign 
in America, it is a whole lot more than just being good and good at your job and smart. Like that's that's the problem. Oh, sure. You can't just be intelligent and reasonable and a good representative of, of the people. You also have to check all these other boxes in this silly popularity contest that we that the the democracy has kind of turned into. Uh-huh. Um, especially in the internet age where you have a lot of people that'll just see a couple ads and be like, yeah, yeah, I like that guy. That guy's great. And then you don't dig into it any deeper and you're only getting your information from the, you know, the person who's wanting you to vote for them and your the information you're getting is supplied by them. Like if you were to believe like Bloomberg's, Bloomberg's ads as commercials, then you'd be like, yeah, you'll be a great uh, candidate. He's for, but you know, you, you start listening, you know, you start looking into, and it's like, this guy is just another, he's just another out-of-touch billionaire. He has no idea. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what the American people want or need, because he hasn't been an average American, like, forever. <clears throat> so, um, and he, and he has got those ads everywhere. I mean... I'll be watching a I'll be watching a YouTube channel. It'll be like a gun channel, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his and his ad comes on talking about how he's going to get rid of I have actually guns, and I'm like, are you I've kidding me? I've seen Colian Noir's uh, <coughs> video where he is bashing Bloomberg on that very same commercial. Yeah, and then uh, so actually, so the commercial plays for Bloomberg. And then the very same commercial is in the video that Bloom or that Colian Noir is just yeah. ripping. I, that's what I find hilarious is that like like, he, like who how is that? That is so ironic that it, that one shows. Like he clearly and he rips he clearly it. can't think that targeting someone like me would even remotely work. I mean that's just a waste of ad revenue. Like you could he could that money could have been better well spent I'm better okay somewhere with that, else. Though. Yeah, that's fine. He's wasting money on me because there's absolutely no way in this world. He literally said he was throwing <laughs> money away. To, well, uh, win this presidency. He's a billionaire. He can do that, and that's the thing that um, I think. A lot of people. He is also not only is he a billionaire, but he's an oppressive billionaire. People, people. Nobody thought that stop and frisk was a good idea in New York. So that is such a extreme violation of your Fourth Amendment rights to just randomly select people and say, "All right, I'm going to frisk you as a police officer." And it be legal and okay in this in New York City. And in fact, it turned out that it disproportionately affected minorities. So not only was it a violation of Fourth Amendment rights, but it was extremely discriminatory and basically racist. It was a racist policy. In fact, even he himself admitted to it and apologized for it because that's the only way that he could potentially pander Try to and get the uh, black vote. <clears throat> yeah, that's the only way that he could get that on this campaign trail. And. Um, and I think that's just absolutely, he's not sorry. I know he's not, he's not sorry because he, he, he thought that that was just his most ingenious. In fact, I, I think honestly, there was, uh, I think there was actually some, uh, a transcript or something from a private uh, speech that he gave after he had said he was sorry and he was praising himself for the stop and frisk policy and how it decreased crime and yada, yada, yada. And it really, what it was is it targeted minorities and it violated every, you know, every bit of the Fourth Amendment right to, uh, you know, illegal search and seizure. You can't just, you can't just go searching people so randomly. So basically, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, that's that's how it was. And then, and then, you know, if you're just a, a young 18, 19 year old or something like that, um, spending some time on YouTube, and you see his ads come by, and you're like, huh, who is this? Oh, I, you know, I recognize that guy's name. I think he's running for president. Oh, he's. He's going to try and, uh, you know, he, he's going to apply some economic, you know, he's going to raise jobs and get rid of scary guns and stuff. I don't know, maybe the guy's not half bad. No, he he's <clears throat> he's he not half bad. He's more than half his, bad. In one of his commercials, he actually has a uh, black lady saying mm-hmm. that her son got shot or something and uh, that Bloomberg <coughs> was all for helping her yeah. or something. That dude doesn't care a lick about her. No, he doesn't. Not a lick. But it looks real good to have have her on Optics one of his. Were great. Yeah, for him. yeah. It looks real good for her to be on his. He's an actor. Yeah. Well, she may. She may. She, I mean, her story may be real, and she may legitimately believe that um, that he would help. But the problem is, is he's not. And it, it anyhow, like that's. 
It's neither necessarily here nor there, but I know that he would probably be for a minimum wage increase um, because that's, you know, that's what the the kind of the recurring theme seems to be from that party. And I personally think that minimum wage should go away altogether because, like I said in last week's episode, businesses won't be able to just not... Um, they won't be able to just not pay people <clears throat> appropriately because people will just not work for them. You know, it, it, and again, I don't even pay minimum wage. I pay, I pay above minimum wage right now. And it just, it has far more negative effects than it does have positive effects. And, yep. and there's just zero reason for it. it. It's not, it's not helping anybody. That's my parting words is minimum wage is not helping anybody. It is hurting everybody is mm-hmm. what it is. Anyone who, if, if anyone's affected by minimum wage, it's in a negative way. So with that, I will, I will, uh, I'll leave it at that. We'll leave it there and we will, uh, we'll pick up next week without further ado. Without further ado? No, there'll be some ado. You think there's a do? There'll be a do. There'll be about a week's worth of ado. Before. <laughs> <laughs> okay.